guys. It's amazing as always to welcome you back to yet another week of wishing you wellness, another week of showing up for ourselves and taking these proactive steps towards a beautiful and a healed existence together. I am super proud of you for being here because it shows that in some way or other, you want to heal. You want to grow. You're ready to take those steps forward and to stop talking about it and to actually live it, to really take those steps and follow through with them every single step you take. For a long time, I sort of felt like my healing journey was paused, like it was a movie that had just been paused right in the middle of it. And I couldn't figure out why I felt that way. I couldn't figure out why I couldn't progress past where I was, what this roadblock was, what it meant. And then I realized I had all of the intention to heal, all of the, you know, I had all of the desire to heal and grow and change but I had zero actions supporting that change and change requires action. That is like the rule, the golden rule for change is it requires motion. Even if it's just barely forward, it just requires some form of forward motion or honestly just motion in general, because sometimes on our healing journey, that can look like dipping down a little bit and not feeling so good because when we're healing and working through things, It's not always comfortable, right? It can be a little uncomfy. It can be a little scary or intimidating or nerve wracking because some of these things are things that we've pushed down so far inside of ourselves. And now it's time to let it come to the surface, right? It's time for us to stop talking about the change that we want to make and the healing we want to do. And it's time to start actually doing that, to start actually implementing steps into our life that support what we're saying. So we're not just sitting around saying, oh, I want to heal, I want to grow. But so we're actually like taking those steps toward healing and toward growth. And here's the thing, the steps you're taking don't have to be huge. You don't have to leap forward for it to be considered growth or progress or awesome. You can just take a little micro step forward. You can get on your little tippy toes, move forward two inches and guess what? That counts. That's growth. That's progress. It really doesn't matter how large the steps forward that you're taking are. It matters more how consistently you're taking those steps. I'm going to let that one sit with you guys for a second because I think you really need to hear it. It matters more how consistently you're taking those steps. So if you show up once a month for yourself and you just bound forward, you hustle, you grind, you put in so much work, go, go, go. But then the rest of the days of the month, you're barely there and you're vibrating at a super low frequency and you're not wanting to do the work and you're not making proactive, healthy steps forward. Guess what? You're sabotaging yourself. You are seriously sabotaging yourself because even if you show up super, super aggressively and strong and forcefully every so often, all of those other days when you barely showed up, they're kind of bringing you back. They're taking steps backward, which is undoing your progress, which is ding, 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 keeping you stuck. It's keeping you stuck. So being consistent is so much better than showing up super aggressively and forcefully every so often. It is so much better to simply show up every single day and move forward in whatever way you can. Even on those days where you feel like you can't manage anything, just take a micro step forward, like half a centimeter. Because 
I know we don't always feel those small steps forward. We don't really feel the instant gratification or the instant change. But here's the thing. They do add up. Over time, they totally add up. And forward movement, it doesn't matter how big or small it is. It just matters that it's happening. It just matters that the forward movement is consistent. Okay, and I can already feel myself getting carried away and getting excited to just share, share, share everything I can with you guys. But before I get too carried away, let's just dive straight into today's episode. Today's topic is turning pain into purpose, something that I recently did myself. So can't wait to share all of this with you guys and let's get into it. All right, you guys, before I get into today's main event, which is turning pain to purpose, I do want to sidebar a little bit here because this has been something I've wanted to talk about the last couple of weeks, and I'm finally just getting around to it. When you're growing, when you're on a growth journey, something's going to happen. You're going to outgrow things. That is a part of the growth and the healing journey is outgrowing and shedding some old things. This could be relationships or friendships. This could be a place, maybe a city that you were raised in, you've outgrown that. This could be all kinds of things. But why this happens is because you are, imagine like you have this really cute outfit and you love it. You wear it all the time. It makes you feel so pretty, so cute. But then one day you outgrow it. Like you're too tall for it. Your arms are too long. You just can't fit in it anymore. And as much as that outfit used to make you feel so beautiful and it used to be so great and such a confidence builder, That's not the case anymore. Now it makes your arms look weirdly long and it doesn't cover, you know, what it's supposed to cover and it doesn't fit you anymore. So you have two options. You can squeeze into that shirt, that shirt that doesn't fit you at all, or you can go out to the mall and buy a whole new shirt, you know, a whole damn new shirt. And a lot of us, I'm speaking because of the past version of me and the one that I'm still working through, I resonate with this. A lot of us would rather cling to that shirt that barely fits us than go to the mall for a new one because we're so afraid that we'll never find another outfit that fits so well and that makes us feel so good. Job, just insert whatever it is for you, another career, another relationship that fills us that much, another friendship that feels as good or makes us as confident. Fill in whatever it is for you that you are clinging to even though you can feel yourself outgrowing it, even though it doesn't fit anymore and it doesn't you know, work like it used to, you're clinging to it because it is comfortable, because it is safe and familiar. And the thing is, like humans, we do crave comfort. We almost crave comfort and safety more than we crave happiness and like genuine joy and success and stuff. Like that's why so many people will stay trapped in their comfort zone for so, so long because they're just deathly afraid that they'll never find something that matches what they currently have when the reality is if they would let go of what they currently have, the universe is like standing there with like so much behind its back ready to give you, but it can't give it to you when you're still clinging to the old. You have to release the old in order to make room for the new. And this is something I have really struggled with you guys and it's something that I've had to like put in serious work on myself to overcome because it is a limiting belief to believe that there is so much scarcity and that 
if you let go of one thing, there's no way you'll ever find better. Like that is such a warped mindset because we live in such an abundant and overflowing world with so many opportunities and human beings and jobs and new places to live. Like there's so much. And so putting yourself in that mindset of like, like scarcity, I was learning all about scarcity in Maddie Maple's Unlock Your Power of Creation course and how when you have that mindset of like need, 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 I'm lacking, I'm lacking, that's going to manifest and you're always going to be like chasing the things you want instead of manifesting them and actually attracting them toward you because the universe, here's the energy you're putting out. If you're putting out that energy of I don't have enough, I don't have enough, the universe hears that and is like, all right, sounds good. You don't have enough. You'll never have enough. Instead, you reframe that. You reframe that into there are so many opportunities. This world is so abundant and there's so much that if I can be brave enough to let go of this, if I can have a little bit of faith in the universe, even if it's going to be hard to leave the situation I'm in, this place I'm in, if I just have faith and trust the universe, I know in my heart that I'll be rewarded. And I know in my heart that I will continue on the path I'm meant to be on. I like to call it detours. When we're clinging to something that isn't ours or we're staying in a place where we're not meant to be, we're taking a detour. We're directly getting off of our life path and just jumping onto some freaking road that probably goes nowhere. It might feel good. Like maybe it's like a really fun road and there's all kinds. I don't know. This is a terrible analogy. I don't know where to go with it, but like you're on the wrong road. You're going the wrong way if you are just clinging to something that is no longer meant to be yours. So yeah, that is my little sidebar. It's The whole point here is if you're outgrowing things, guess what? That's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's okay to be outgrowing things. It's actually good because it means you're growing. You're changing. You're evolving. You're up-leveling. And that's what we were put on this earth to do. We're not stagnant beings. We're not meant to do the same thing day in and day out. We are meant to change and to grow, and to challenge our beliefs, and to try new things, and to discover new passions, and to move forward. We are not meant to stay in one place. So if you're outgrowing things, I'm sorry that it's uncomfortable and painful, because it is, and it always will be. But the good news is, it's not for nothing. That's all going to translate into you having the doors just swing wide open for new opportunities, new lovers, new jobs, new cities to live in, whatever it is. So yeah, I got a little caught up in that. That's my little sidebar. Let's get into today's episode, the real reason we're here, turning pain to purpose. Let's get straight into that, guys. Today is actually an important day for me. It's a celebration because today I hit 117 days of sobriety. And I'm sure you're sitting there like, why is 117 relevant? Shouldn't you be celebrating 100 or 200 or whatever? 117 is important because the last time I made it this far was last year and I made it to 116 days. I was 116 days clean. I was in the clear. I thought I was safe. I thought I had made it. I had crossed the finish line. There was nothing else bad to work through to get to. Like I thought... I made it and I thought I was okay. And then I relapsed like in the middle of the afternoon, like 3 p.m. on that 116th day, something inside of me was just like, no, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve to celebrate. You don't deserve to heal. You don't deserve to feel better. I, I told myself, 
you don't get to be clean anymore. I made that decision up. I said, you know what? No, screw your growth. Screw your progress. We're going back to day one. I'm taking you with me. That's what I said to myself. And I realized something really powerful because of that relapse. I realized that as long as I hated myself, as long as I was at war with myself, and as long as I had like this toxic, unloving, like very, very broken relationship with myself, it wouldn't matter how hard I tried to get sober. It, it wouldn't stick. It wouldn't last. I realized that as long as I don't like myself, I'm not going to get clean because why would I do something nice and something good and something healing and restorative for someone I can't stand, right? Like if I have this person in my life and I don't like them and I don't enjoy their company and I don't think they're awesome, I'm not going to go out of my way to help them and to help them grow and thrive and flourish. And so as long as I don't like myself, I'm not going to be able to keep my sobriety. I'm going to keep making it to day 116 and then sabotaging it because I don't think I deserve it. And so I just kind of realized that there are so many underlying factors in addiction that keep people addicted. And that's a big one. Not liking yourself enough to realize how desperately you want help, but also deserve help. How much you really, really deserve to get better and to heal and to feel better. So that sort of sparked this like realization in me that like I have to love myself. It's not an option. It's not something I can just do without or work around. I have to have a relationship with myself. I have to. It's something that I neglected for years and years and years and put off, but it finally hit me. This is a non-negotiable. If you want to feel joy or happiness or to be successful or to have healthy relationships, it all begins within you. It all starts on the inside and you have to love yourself first. I know you guys that that's such a cliche and it's so cheesy. Love yourself first. We hear it all the time, but it's true and it's real. And the reason that people preach it so often is because it's proven. It's proven that people who love themselves want to help themselves and people who hate themselves All they want to do is sit around and project their issues onto others because I have been that person. I've been that person who instead of saying, hey, I need help, I'm just sitting around pointing out all the other people who need help. She needs help. He needs to address that. She could do better at this. Instead of just doing the hard thing, which is accepting, I desperately needed help more than I needed anything else in the world. I needed help. When I was at rock bottom, I became so familiar with pain that honestly, we were besties. Like pain and I, pain and I had like sat next to each other at this bar, had a couple drinks, ordered a round of shots. We had gotten to know each other because I spent so much time at rock bottom. When I hit rock bottom, I didn't take my own advice. If you guys remember a few episodes back, I said, it's okay to hit rock bottom as long as you don't stay there, as long as you get back up get the hell up and keep moving forward. I didn't take my own advice. I stayed at rock bottom. I spent a lot of time down there feeling bad and going, this sucks. And just hanging out at the freaking metaphorical bar with my good buddy Payne, just drinking Jaeger together. I did that for so long. I definitely didn't need to spend as much time with pain as I did. I was definitely kind of indulging that and, you know, soaking in it and sitting in the pain for way 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 too long but what I will tell you is this 
pain is an excellent teacher. Pain is an incredible teacher, one of the best teachers I've had in my entire life, which speaks volume, by the way, because my mom was my teacher in high school, my Spanish teacher, and that woman is like a freaking all-star. She is the best teacher in the entire universe. So, sidebarring again, but that's what I'm saying. Pain is the best teacher. Pain will teach you what your weaknesses are and the flaws that you need to address. Pain will teach you about relationships and about love. Pain will teach you that if you do this, this will be the outcome. Pain will teach you all sorts of stuff. And so as I was going through my recovery, as I was, you know, moving further and further into sobriety, getting my confidence back, feeling better, feeling more like myself, I remember sitting there one night and kind of thinking, was that all for nothing or... What can I do to take this pain and make it into something positive? And that's, it's not an easy thing to do, right? It's easy to talk about it in theory, but actually turning pain into something productive, that, that's a big feat because you have to accept that the pain happened for a reason. And a lot of us aren't willing to accept that. A lot of us are like, no, that was freaking terrible. I hated that. That was so hard and awful and no good came of it. Well, guess what? If that's your mindset, of course no good came from it because you're sitting there focusing on how painful it was instead of kind of, here's what I call it. I call it squinting. Like I'm I'm squinting really hard to find the good because it's not easy or natural for me to find the good in my addiction to Xanax. That's not something that comes easily. I'm not like, oh yeah, it was so good I was addicted to Xanax because now I'm better. No, it's something I have to squint to see. I have to really apply effort and apply intention so that I can reframe. What purpose did my Xanax addiction serve? Why did I get addicted? Well, I got addicted because a doctor prescribed it to me. I started abusing it, blah, blah, blah. That's not what I mean. What was the universe's plan when that happened? Like, what was the lesson? What was the purpose? And seriously, if you would have asked me this question a year ago, I would have punched you in your freaking face. Sorry, I just, (laughs) I would have punched you in your face if you would have been like, Allison, what was the purpose of your pain? Like, what was the universe trying to teach you or show you with this? I would have hit you. I would have been like, shut up. That's so stupid. But now, where I'm at right now, I can see clear as day. It's like, I couldn't miss this if I tried. The purpose, the purpose was like leading me to my calling, leading me to like my purpose on earth. Because now that I have gone through recovery, now that I am on my journey, now that I'm on this podcast, it's because I found my passion. My passion is helping people, specifically people who are struggling with addiction, who are struggling with mental health. My passion is to help people in whatever capacity I can, if that's creating little graphics that people can save when they need, you know, little tips on cognitive distortions, or maybe it's sharing resources, the app that helped me quit Xanax, the sobriety app. Maybe it's telling people, you know, about different treatment plans, or maybe it's just encouraging people and like inspiring them, showing them that, look, I hit rock bottom so, so hard and I'm still here. In fact, I'm better than I was before my rock bottom. I am. I am better, stronger, more confident than ever before. And I'm not by any means saying like, oh, thank you, Xanax, you get the credit. Like, no, no, guys, I get the credit. 
I get the credit because when I hit rock bottom, I crawled out of it. I fought to the end with Xanax. I fought for my life and I won and I won. And like now it's so clear to me that that happened. I don't want to say because or like the reason it happened was, but the reason that happened was so I could be guided to this life path, which is helping others who are struggling with addiction because it doesn't feel like work for me or like a chore or anything when I help someone who is struggling with addiction. It's actually the most fulfilling feeling I've ever felt in my life. When I released episode number, oh, what number was it? It was like three or four or five, something like that. When I released the episode Battling with Benzos, my addiction recovery story, I got so many messages on Instagram, on Facebook. My mom was screenshotting me things from her friends who had sent it to their friends. And so many people came to me saying, hey, I'm struggling with addiction and I'm embarrassed. I don't know where to start, but like hearing your podcast, hearing that you had struggled with it and overcame it, it's kind of given me, you know, the motivation and the confidence to get help. Like, how do I do that? Can you show me? Can you help me? And you guys, like, I seriously get goosebumps when somebody says, I'm addicted to something. Can you help me? Can you help me? I'm tearing up right now. Oh my gosh. Because I remember being that person. I remember being so afraid and so just on my last leg and so desperate for somebody to say, yes, I'll help you come this way. Or like, yes, I'll lead you. Or yes, I'll give you at least what you need to get going or to start because it's so lonely in addiction. You feel like nobody gets it. You feel like nobody else struggles with it. When in reality, that's not the case at all. I want to reassure you, if you're listening to this and you are addicted to something, you are so not alone. Listen to me and really hear me. You are so, so far from alone. Addiction is on the rise in the world. It's always been a thing. Addiction has always been a huge demon for people. But it's on the rise because now we have social media, which tons of people are addicted to. We have television, which people are addicted to. We have caffeine, which people are addicted to. Sugar. There are all kinds of addictions that don't look like your typical, oh, I drink too much or, oh, I abuse prescription pills or, oh, I smoke way too much pot. Like there are so many forms and like types of addictions that you don't need to feel alone or embarrassed because maybe you're struggling, you know, with your prescription or with your alcohol or whatever. And you look around and you see nobody else struggling. They are. Maybe they're not telling you or showing you, or maybe it's not struggling in the same way as you, but a lot of people at some point in their life will struggle with addiction. And so you're not alone. You're really not. You're just, you're not alone. I'm here for you. I'm here with you. But as I was saying, it took me hitting the bottom. It took me hitting rock bottom and like losing everything, losing my boyfriend at the time, my best friend at the time, my job crashing my car like seriously you guys bottoming out just like really hitting rock bottom it took that to like sort of shock my whole system and wake me up and just like bring me to my purpose and I'm not saying that like it had to happen but it definitely helped me realize things quicker it could have taken me like 10 more years to figure out the things I figured out because of that and that's the thing about trauma and like going through tough things is 
it's a teacher. (laughs) You'll be smarter and stronger because of it. It may not be comfortable or ideal, but you're going to come out stronger because of it. When I started the Wishing You Wellness podcast, I was turning my pain into my purpose. I was taking the bad things that happened to me and the kind of scary and sad shit that I saw while I was addicted in myself and in the world. I was taking all of that and I was channeling it and funneling it into a purpose. So it wasn't for nothing. So it actually meant something. I was taking that pain and what I had been through and I was turning it into little lessons that I can share with other people who are going through addiction recovery. And I turned it into you know, starting a podcast with a huge mission, the entire mission of this podcast is not just to help people in addiction recovery, but to just help anybody who's trying to change and heal and grow. Because I know what it feels like to be in that spot where you think it's never going to get better and you're never going to change and it's never going to go away all of those negative feelings. And so I want the main mission of this show to be to combat that narrative and to remind you that that voice in your head telling you you won't get better and you won't change, it's lying to you, sister, brother. It is lying to you. And I'm fully aware that there is nothing worse on earth than someone giving you like a bunch of advice but then not giving you actionable steps. So I'm going to share a couple steps with you guys really quick on how to turn your pain into purpose. So I'm not just preaching at you, but also giving you know some actions that you can follow. Number one, if you want to change your pain into purpose, you have to, have to, have to change your mindset. You have to change your mindset because if your mindset is bad, if your mindset is this pain was for no reason, it was BS, screw my pain, of course you can't turn in that turn in that. Of course, you cannot turn that into purpose. You don't have the right mindset. You have to learn how to reframe your thoughts and rewire your thoughts as they're coming in. When you feel a negative thought coming in, you have to reframe it. One exercise that I really like for that is just a simple reframing activity. I literally talked about this in a different episode because it's one that I love, 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 and I don't think you can do too much of it. So you just get your piece of paper On the left side, you write your current mindset, like my pain was BS and unfair and the universe made me a victim and I'm so angry at the world, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And then on the right side of the page, you're just going to write why that's BS, like why that mindset makes no sense. Because 99.9% of the time, your negative mindset doesn't make any sense and it doesn't actually have facts or like solid evidence to stand upon. It's just, you know, an irrational negative mindset. So on the left side of your page, you have your irrational or your negative mindset, your distorted mindset. On the right side, you have the reasons why that mindset is untrue, why that's a lie. And then at the bottom, underneath all of that, I want you to write manifestations. I want you to write affirmations. I want you to write any positive thing you can to support the complete opposite of what your mindset is. So if your mindset is all men cheat, that's that's one, right? That's one that a lot of women have. All men are cheaters. They're the worst. They suck. If that's your mindset, then on the right, you're going to write the reason why that is not true. The reason why I know that is a warped mindset is because there are billions of men in the universe. 
they can't all be cheaters. That doesn't scientifically check out. That doesn't even make sense, right? So that's what's going to be on the right side of the page. Then on the bottom, you're going to write your new mindset. And so that could be, in that instance, something like, even though I was in a relationship that ended in betrayal and devastation and that really hurt, I recognize that that was simply my experience. That did not speak for all of mankind. Men can be loyal. They can be wonderful. They can be loving. They can be true to you. And I just had a bad experience with a guy. Not all men are cheaters. And then I'm going to write that like a few times. And then just some affirmations to support it. So something like, I release attachment to outcomes. I trust the universe. I trust my judgment that I'm picking partners who will be loyal and faithful to me. I feel full and confident enough to understand and know that if someone cheated on me, I'd keep on living. I'd keep on going. I'd be okay. It would suck and it would hurt, but I would be okay. And so I want you to just fill the page with as many of those positive affirmations as you can. And I know that I've used this example, this exercise twice now in two different episodes, but it's because it works, you guys. It really does work. And the goal here, the ultimate goal with this is to train you to be able to reframe and rewire thoughts without even having to write them down and work through them. The goal is for one day you to be able to have a negative thought pop up in your head and be able to just in your mind reframe that, work through it, challenge any irrational thought patterns and just like rationalize and move forward and like yeah i eventually want you to be able to work through those distorted mindsets without even having to write them down but practice makes perfect and that's why we do this exercise and that's why i keep bringing it up it's a really really valuable tool it has helped me so much not just with like one specific instant. I do this anytime I have a negative mindset or a belief that I'm like, is that a limiting belief? Is that real? I always just go straight to my journal, get it all out on paper. It's so much easier to think critically and like analyze when it's out in front of you. The next step I have for turning pain into purpose is really getting as analytical as you can about what you went through. Like So there are certain instances where you can't turn pain into purpose, right? Like you lost a loved one. That's just a tragedy. That's not the universe trying to direct you to your life path necessarily. That's just something bad that you went through and something hard. You know, maybe it made you stronger, but like it still did not need to happen. We're not celebrating like the loss of life. That is is not what I'm saying here. In certain instances, you are able to turn your pain into purpose when you really analyze why the pain happened what put you in a position to hit rock bottom what what led to that what was the lead up because like with Xanax people don't just get addicted to Xanax people aren't just like oh yeah I like a pill that makes me feel like a zombie and like destroy all of my relationships sign me up no that is not what happens at all There's always an underlying pain with addiction. There's always something that the person is running from or trying to numb out or trying to forget about. And so I had to really turn inward and say, what led me to feel so bad that I wanted to numb everything out? What led me to want to sleep my days away? 
what was I trying to run from or conceal or cover up? What was that? And that just like blew everything wide open for me, guys. Like it was like a come to moment. I could see the light and like people saying no, but like it really was a transformative moment realizing just that realization that there was something underneath the addiction that sort of made me susceptible to it. That was a really powerful realization and it made it possible for me to start seeking those answers within myself, which is a long journey. And I'll tell you, I'm still looking for a lot of those answers in myself, but I did discover that my mental health has never been super great. I have struggled my whole life to be independent, to take care of myself, to put myself first, to hold healthy boundaries, to be honest with others when something is too much and I can't do it, to stop people-pleasing. All of those things have been struggles for me and they were a huge source of pain which then sort of made me really, really susceptible to Xanax because it was an easy way to cover everything up. And so number one, change your mindset. Number two, figure out the source, figure out what triggered all of this because now you're able to see a blind spot in yourself. Now you're able to sort of like know specifically what parts of you need healed and need love. Understanding our pain gives us so much power. When we don't understand our pain, where it comes from, why it feels like that, we have no power. We're just at the will of the universe and at the will of our suffering. That's, that's it. But when we understand our pain and get to know it and spend time with it, like I said, sitting at the bar with my pain, drinking tequila. I, I will stop with that analogy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Anyways, so the last point, the last tip I want to give you for turning your pain into purpose is this. Channel that pain, channel that energy into anything. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're in addiction recovery, if you're healing from anything, you have a lot of excess energy running through your body, through your mind. It feels anxious. You just don't know where to put it all. Throw that into anything, anything healthy. It can be roller skating. It can be freaking basket weaving. It can be starting a small business, becoming a life coach, going back to school, you know, building a home, like whatever it is, take all of that energy and all of that pent up, just like rah feeling and throw that all into it full force. Give yourself to your hobby, to your passion, to whatever it is, because guess what? Worst case, even if that's not your life purpose, you are still like investing in yourself in such a positive way by investing in your hobbies and your talents and the things that make you feel good and the things that light you up and bring you joy and happiness. And so those are just three ways to sort of just get on that journey, start that journey of turning your pain into your purpose. And obviously this isn't applicable for every single situation, but especially if you're in addiction recovery, this is so applicable to you. You can take all of that energy and all of that anxiousness and all of that and throw it into something worthwhile. Yes, exactly. You guys, this has been so great. I love every single episode I record because even though I'm sitting here alone in my dorm room here in Death Valley, 
just by myself, I feel you guys here. Like, I feel like there's a room full of women and, and maybe men who are just sitting in here with me, like on this healing journey together. And like that community brings me so much joy. Um, if you're not following the Instagram yet, this is your reminder at wishyouwell.podcast on Instagram for updates. I make a lot of fun little graphics for tips and tricks. So check that out. Also feel free to shoot me a DM if you have anything you'd like me you'd like me, anything you'd like to hear me talk about on the show, yeah, just go ahead and send that in a message and I would love to talk about it. So thank you guys once again for being here, for making me a part of your daily routine. Have a beautiful week and thank you for listening to Wishing You Wellness. See you next time.